Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You'll be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players and the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. Ah! I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, they said they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You're talking about Rasool. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. And you're listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Full Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer and joined this week, we have a very, very incredibly special guest, a new guest, Andrew, uh, you know, very, very busy. He had dinner plans that he wasn't aware of ahead of time, so he is out this week. So instead we have a fantastic friend of mine, Todd, welcome to the program. Yeah, hey, uh, that's Todd with two d's also mm-hmm. yep not doesn't, a one d todd yep doesn't matter because i'm still saying todd but yes thank you uh todd you are a packer fan correct uh yeah that would be correct yeah cool yeah we're buddies we actually we've gone to a couple games together we went to the giants yeah, giants regular season game uh that we beat them and then we were at, cowboys oh the cowboy maybe it was just the cowboys it game. was the cowboys Cowboys and Redskins games, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. They were the Redskins back then to the Haskins game where the probably yeah, sorry, the best maybe I, Yeah, it, since it's historical, we can say Redskins. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it is allowed right now. But we were <laughs> more importantly at the Aaron Rodgers broken collarbone game at US mm. Bank Stadium. That mm-hmm. really sucked. But uh, you, yeah, what a highlight. Yeah, you, you. Speaking of highlights, you probably had a couple highlights because you were a little, a little drunk for that game, which is probably a good thing for how that one went. Yeah, I think you know when when would the uh, when did the broken collarbone happen? Second quarter. Yeah, it was pretty tuned up at that point, and then from there on, it was just yeah, yeah. The drinks were flowing. I still remember like U.S. Bank, you know, one of the newer stadiums. Like they had a a very cool graphic pop up on the scoreboard. Aaron Rodgers out, broken collarbone, and it had like a cookie cutter X ray picture of his broken <laughs> collarbone. I was like, yeah, this is just fucking awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, that was the first time. I think that was the first time we played there too. No, that was no. It was oh, no. the second or third time, maybe the first time we also lost, but. Uh, yeah, either way, wasn't very good. That was like the first Devontae Adams game, though. That was the passing of the torch game from Jordy to Devontae. Oh. But, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very important. But uh, mm, fun. getting back to more important things this year, the incredible year we're having, the Packers won 
I'm sure everyone remembers, uh, won 28 to 19. We are now an incredible five and eight, still somehow alive. And I guess with the way playoffs are going too, or the way the schedule is, we still will be alive even after the bye week, no matter what happens. So very, very fun stuff. The most winning team in the NFL now too. We'll talk about that later a little bit, but, uh, we'll have our normal episode. Todd, you, you've listened to the podcast from time to time. So you get yep. the gist of what we're doing here. We'll have I got the, a feel for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we'll have an yep. offense breakdown, defense breakdown a little bit. The pick six before that, the Lynn Lake pick six. We did watch uh, the the game there. I did with Billy, who's been on the pod before. Finally, broke the curse of every game we had been there for. We lost, so it was nice to write that ship. But uh, you know, if you well, watched every game there this year, the odds would still be in favor <laughs> of us losing. So I guess got that to work with. Yeah, being one and two at Lynn Lake Brewing is pretty on par for the season but uh yeah. we'll have take news a little jordan love aaron Rodgers' future stuff and uh, something that i picked up on which i sent to you too and we'll get into is what jason wilde thinks of the situation which would be a bigger story if he wanted it to be i think but we'll have take news talking about that we'll have uh is kylan idiot some packers trivia and then we'll send things off since it's a bye week after this so mm. with that pick six pick six All right, the first Lynn Lake pick six play of the week. Once again, Lynn Lake Brewing in Uptown Minneapolis. If you need a place to get a drink, go to Lynn Lake. They do have some very good beer, much better than the now deceased competitor of the Herkimer. Um, And if you want to watch the Packer game, that's a great place to watch. It was awesome to be there on Sunday. Quick question. What do we think about their appetizers? Do they have any good, like a pretzel or anything fun? So we went... um, with Shane and our buddy Zim and Billy, who's been on the podcast, we all watched the game there. Shane got uh, the cheese curds. They were very good. Billy ate a lot of his cheese curds. Billy had a few beers, and he was really munching on the cheese curds. I don't know what kind of conversation was had if they were sharing them, but I got a burger, sure, and sure. the burgers there are really, really good, like surprisingly good for a place that's just kind of, you know, you think as a brewery. So I so full kitchen then. If they got burgers, they got everything. They have a smaller, you know, brewery menu. But yes, absolutely no complaints. I I love that place. But uh, awesome. Yeah, the first pick six play something that is not awesome. <sighs> you know, the first big play to shape the game. Justin Fields, the fifty-six yard touchdown run. Very very fun right out the gate uh, with five. Three minutes left in the first quarter, made it ten nothing, which was an improvement yeah. from the previous week against the Eagles when it was fourteen uh, nothing after or thirteen nothing after five minutes, I believe. But yeah, pretty shitty play. Uh, Nixon missed the tackle that should have been one in, in the backfield. Quay bit on the run and was looking in the opposite direction, and Adrian Amos did his best, haha, run into the blocker play. And uh, yeah, Justin Fields scurried for that fifty-eight yard tutty. I'd like to get pissed at Joe Barry for it, but this is one of those where it really just seemed like the guys. On I mean, the Nixon was there. Him. Right. Right. Like right. he's right there to make the play would have been better if Quay was also on that side of the field. But I <sighs> yeah. mean, I mean, Nixon was right there. That's not, I mean, as I like to blame Joe Barry too. That's one of my favorite things. But yes. On this one, that's kind of a yeah. your guys there. Not good when you get the screen grab that I think Matt Schneidman put out where Quay is literally facing the opposite direction of Justin yeah. Fields. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those where, you know, very demoralizing at the start, but they did kind of right this ship and get their shit together after that. But uh, moving on, the next pick six play, 
I believe the score was still 10-0 or 10-3 at this point. This was the fourth and eight after Azul forced the fumble. <sighs> Packers get the ball back, you know, in decent field position. We're going for it on fourth and eight, which seems like the largest down in distance we've gone for it this year when we didn't have What yard to. line were we at? We were in Bears territory. We were on their 42, I believe. Okay. So, yeah, went for it. I mean, I guess it's fine not to punt it, but... Aaron Rodgers goes deep to Randall Cobb and it falls incomplete. What do you know? Not a lot, uh, not a lot of room on that play either which way. And I feel like for right. whatever reason, I mean, it was more so the third down plays, but it popped off on Twitter again where everyone's like, ah, third and one or fourth, fourth and one, whatever. Rodgers just going for everything. And it's like, he's been doing this his whole fucking career. I don't know why we're just bitching about it again now. Yeah, you shouldn't be surprised that Rodgers is not going to try and hit a home run on third and one. I mean, that that's it's been the case for the last 10 years, so. Yeah, so whatever. I guess some noob fans didn't get that or all this, the really fun like uh, NFL meme accounts, but I digress. Either way, it's still not a very great play, you know, in the first half of that game. So moving on, first play after the turnover on downs, which this is just another great example of, the 2022 Green Bay Packers complimentary football turnover on downs. First play after that, Fields goes deep and hits EQ, who burnt the shit out of Jair Alexander. Yeah. The very next play after that, David Montgomery breaks three tackles pretty much and scores, making it 3-16. to 16. Not good. And right after this, uh, apparently a couple beat reporters tweeted this out, that the Bears fans started chanting, Green Bay sucks. <laughs> so oh. not, Well, uh, it's creative. Yeah, I mean, it still kind of has the same ring to it as the Bears still suck at the right yeah. amount of syllables, syllables there. So. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're not expecting a lot of creativity from Chicago, but I mean, yeah, it's on a, par, I guess. Yeah, from the fans or on their, on offense or defense, but yeah, not very good, shaping things up a little shitty right before a little bit going into halftime, but moving on to the next pick six play, a fourth and four Packers ball, uh, seven. 17 minutes left in the half, or sorry, 17 seconds left in the half. Fourth and four, Rodgers rolls out and finally in the red zone finding someone. Finds Christian Watson, catches it, touchdown, makes it 10 to 16. Especially with how, I mean, we obviously Watson is the talk of Green Bay right now, aside from all the drama for what could right. be with Rodgers and shit. But once again, for a guy who started the season with that drop and his hands were suspect mm -hmm. there on out, to just be a sure-handed guy, I think this is a couple of weeks in a row where he's had receptions on fourth down and this being a touchdown. It's like I the transformation of Christian Watson is unbelievable, and obviously we'll get into his stats and shit later, but bit, we really needed that touchdown going into halftime, yeah, so making it 10-16 to 16 was pretty big. Yeah, God, Watson's quite the big play guy, but it is fun. You know, I think what was a couple of weeks ago he had that catch. It was kind of a jump ball. Uh, over the corner in the back left corner of the end zone. Yep, yep. So he's had a couple Titans of game. these nice red zone plays, you know, with it being a scramble play. That one I reference being you know more of a jump ball play, but mm -hmm. he's not just a fast guy, right? Like he can do other things, which is really fun to see. And it'll be interesting a couple of years down the road when the route tree kind of opens up for him and he can, you know, do more damage from different places. That'll be really fun to watch. Well, that's the thing that they're saying too is, like his route tree is a little more defined than we think it is. And even on that one too, like oh. you said, you know, it wasn't a jump up ball, but it was 
one of those where if that were MVS there, I don't think he would have had the concentration because oh, wow. it was almost off the fingertips of the defender. Like it did kind of just sneak in there. But I mean, he had a third down, third and seven reception too, where kind of close too. So I'm, it's nice to be thinking less and less about his hands. You know, his, the big question yep. with him was his hands. And I'd say his health coming into this season, but already, I mean, I'm feeling like he's better than MVS as far as his hands go. Not like that's saying much, but MVS was with us for four freaking years. So yeah, the health does seem a little bit, I mean, it does seem a little bit scary. It seemed like for a while there, he was just, anytime he got hit, he was getting banged up at the beginning of the season. And I think he was banged up in preseason too, right? That was the big thing, yeah, because, you know, all off well, most of the offseason and early in the season was like, ah, Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dubs, but that's because Watson was fucking on the bench for pretty much sure. all of training camp. That's the other, <laughs> I mean, obviously all the records and the comparisons with Randy Moss are very impressive, but for a rookie, we've seen so many rookies have their rookie seasons derailed by injuries, and for him to miss a good chunk of the first half of the season and now come in, and have this type of run he's having only makes yep. it even more incredible. So moving on. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, the next pick six play after an A.J. Dillon touchdown and a go-ahead field goal. The Packers are up 20-19 to 19 in the fourth. Bears get the ball back with five minutes left, which I'm watching at the brewery, and I'm like, we're fucked. Yep. Like, this defense has yep. been fucking – all they need is a field goal to go <laughs> ahead. So uh, Packers – or Bears get the ball. They're on the Packers 43 with three minutes left. Fields drops back, throws a comeback route to EQ, who, what do you know, runs a very lazy route. Uh, Jayer finally makes a play, jumps in front of it, picks it off, and game not totally closed up since there, but... But some life. We had some life again. Yes. Uh, like, in my head, anyway. It's not like we didn't have life, but, like, same feeling as you, where it's like we get to the end of the game... Okay, I got five minutes. Okay, they're going to drive for four and a half minutes. Yes. Put some points on the board, and then we're going to be stuck trying to scramble at the end. Yep, three minutes left. I think the Bears still had all their timeouts, and we were up the one point. So felt pretty good there. You know, it was like, okay, yep. cool. We're going to win this game. But then moving on to the next pick six play. First play after the two-minute warning. Uh, <laughs> Packers at midfield, and they finally run the jet sweep and actually give it to Christian Watson. What do you know? He runs 46 yards for the touchdown. Packers pick up the two-point conversion of Big Dog, making it 28-19. to 19, But, fuck, man, he is, he is so fucking He's so fucking good. Like, I, you might have seen this, too, uh, post-game, I believe. Both LaFleur and Rodgers talked about this. But uh, during the two-minute warning, like, TV timeout, uh, mm-hmm. LaFleur gave him the play call, and Rodgers was like, do you, do you want Christian to score? And LaFleur was like, well, what do you mean? And Rodgers was like, well, do you want him to score? Because he's like, he's going to score on this play. Sure as shit, he did. <laughs> Ran in. And the other positive from this play, uh, Sammy Watkins, lead blocking on it. Nice block, yeah. Pretty funny to see him, too, because they are right next to each other. You know, Watson's five yards away towards the sideline. And once Watson, this is on the 40-yard line, what, once Watson passes him, Sammy's immediately just fucking windmilling his arm because <laughs> he knows it's a score. And the fucking defender had an angle on him, too, and Watson was still able to outrun him. I think the next uh, next generation stats or whatever the hell it is on ESPN clocked Watson. That's the third fastest uh, play from uh, this, year? this year. And the top two guys are, like, tiny, fast dudes, and Watson's, like, fucking... Yep. 6'4", so pretty incredible for a guy that big to run that fucking fast. Well, I watched the, because every week they have, like, and it must be next-gen stats or whatever it is, but they have, like, the top five fastest players for the week. Yep. And, 
I was like, start watching or whatever, and I was assuming he would be in there because he's really fast, but he doesn't look like he's moving as fast as he is. Mm-hmm. Top four or the the five through four or sorry five through two were all under twenty one miles an hour, and Christian Watson was at twenty one point seven two or something like that. Yeah, right. He's like, he's getting that twenty one. Yeah, it's weird. It's because and that's what it is with these fast guys. It's like you said, it's effortless. It's like the lower body is just fucking the strides are so yeah. wide when the top is doing nothing. It kind of not the same thing, but it's almost like how Ryan Grant ran and Arian Foster, where their legs were just such these long strides. And yeah, God, I can't wait to see more from. I mean, just the fucking jet sweep shit, where that was the only time he ran it that yep. entire game, and first time we had in a few games, I feel like too. So either yeah, way, I, feel, nice I mean, it's not a play that you hit all the time, right? But yeah. When you hit it, and especially the way that the action was working earlier in the game with AJ Dillon, where they were running Christian Watson on the jet sweep, and then you know Dillon on the backside, it was working pretty well. So nice yeah, play. well, that's I have that written down for the running backs too, because watching with Billy too, and we're because we ran the jet sweep a few times, or at least had Watson do the motion. Yep, and it, we finally, of course, finally handed off, and what do you know, it was a touchdown, but it's. Aaron Jones is banged up at the end of the game. Didn't get it too much. But if we can just start running this shit more where we do that quick toss to Aaron Jones in one direction and Watson going, when you have the two best skill position players on your offense running in different directions at the snap of the ball, like what, what the fuck do you expect the defense to do? So I, I don't know why we haven't been running this shit more. I mean, Watson's first touchdown of his career was on the jet sweep. So I'm, you know, it sucks that the season's pretty kaput, but it's hard not to get excited for that type of speed and those type of guys running this offense. Is <clears throat> quick question. Do we I know we've had a lot of success lately too out of the, the double back set. Do we typically run a jet motion out of the double back set too? I feel like we don't. Well that no. would be interesting to put that in there with the two backs would be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I think we did it a little bit more this game. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that was kind of the issue with with running it early this year because it wasn't like we'd have the one guy run like a little bubble screen and then the other was oh, just kind of yeah. a run option. And now we're tr- we're starting to do a little bit more with it because, you know, it's kind of tough to, well, having the two backs there too, but with the read option, you're kind of fucked with Rogers because, yep. you know, a third of the option there is is out of the way so yeah yep yep uh but yeah moving on to breaking down the offense once again what did we what was the score uh, 28 to 19 29 yeah 29 28 19 whatever 28 19 yeah. yeah yeah we won the game but starting off with Aaron Rodgers not the best game from him probably one of his worst games of the year actually uh 18 for 31 182 yards one touchdown a couple really bad balls the the deep one to Cobb, I thought was a fine ball. It seemed like Cobb kind of lost it. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of like a jump ball where the defender was at too. It's like, yeah, but I I don't love the Cobb on a jump ball either. Like that no. just doesn't seem too advantageous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it seemed like he almost lost the ball in the air yeah. with with that one. So I don't know. That and the worst one was that little throw out to the side. That was one of the worst throws of Rogers' career. Where yeah, <laughs> I. I don't know where was that ball going. It was like ten yards over his head. Yeah, I know it's uh, 
it's one of those it's funny you know when someone runs the wrong route rogers gets all fucking pissed off and then literally he throws a terrible ball he looks at cobb and he literally goes mm. like shrugs what his if shoulder cobb did the rogers to him like <laughs> yeah. come on dude like you get and like f bombs that would yeah, have like, been i wonder be i wonder how he would have reacted but i don't know it would be nice probably be, yeah it'd be funny to see no like, thanksgiving at aaron's house maybe <laughs> that's probably would be the downside yeah well it uh it would be funny to see like Christian Watson pull that shit. Like who whose offense is this really now? Ooh, yeah, ooh. yeah, yeah. Big I don't thing. know about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, not a great game from him. He did say post game that he didn't think the thumb affected him too much, um, and he does think that uh, after the bye week that the thumb and the rib should be fine. Like he thinks it won't be an issue, which is a little hard to believe. It did come out like a week or two ago that it's like a broken thumb, but part of it is like. The bone is attached to a ligament or some shit. So I don't know. It'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I thought it's from what I had heard, it sounded like that was going to linger through the entire season. And right. That's what I thought. I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's just Rogers saying shit so that, you know, he'll keep playing or it still has that. Uh, sure. I don't yeah. know. You don't want to make excuses. Um, yep. Moving on to running backs, great game from A.J. Dillon, 18 carries, 93 yards, the one touchdown, he had an average of 5.2 yards. He also had three receptions for 26 yards, which is nice to see. Mm-hmm. He's been, especially in years past, he's been very productive um, in the past game, and we really lost that midseason and early on this year. Um, he credited his great game with his dad's strength. I don't know if you saw that, but him, yeah, him and his fiance or wife announced that they are expecting. He did the little rock the baby celebration after um apparently at the locker room post game he said he made a deal with his wife last week that if he scored three touchdowns he could do the rock the baby celebration as the announcement because they announced it you know afterwards and all that oh sure uh, okay didn't happen but uh yeah the other really exciting thing and this is once again just how low the season's been the third and one where we had AJ or uh, yeah, or sorry, Aaron Jones as the actual running back right behind Rogers, and then AJ lined up as a fullback, and we actually yep. handed it off to him on a third and one and got the first down. I'm like, yep, I think that's the first time. It's like the second time this year he's lined up as a fullback, but I think it's the first time we actually gave it to him. I'm like, why don't we sure. fucking do this more? It is, it's you're lining him up as super John Cool. Well, listen, why would you want? Your big, strong running back closer to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. when the defense doesn't have a chance to, you know, get off their blocks and hit him. You know? Yeah, I you don't know. want that. You want to, you want to get him in the gun, and you want to toss it to him out mm-hmm. laterally, get him moving left and right. You know, <laughs> in a short yard situation. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's the one thing. Long. Like, I need to stop because I've been bitching about it so much this year on Twitter. Where it's, I, I need to stop it. I don't know what why Lafleur keeps doing it. Even last week, like Tom Silverstein brought it up. Like, why are you running? AJ Dillon out of shotgun you're not really playing to his strength so we were a little bit better this week I think we did we did run out of shotgun once with AJ Dillon and we got stoned for it so I don't know either way more good than bad so I don't have I mean I'm fine with it here and there right like and honestly occasionally as much as it I cringe every time I see it but when they do the little toss to him out out on the outside and once he cuts and gets north and south like right I feel better about it but like it works every now and then but like how many how many times have we done that? It's third and one, or we're on the goal line and we're running out of gun. It's like just it's maybe maybe just line up and make them. They know what we're gonna do. We know what we're gonna do. Yeah. Put AJ Dillon in there. 
get Aaron under center and just run it. Just just see if he can beat whoever's in front of him. It's sh- yes, it shouldn't be this hard. It's like we're making it too hard for us. There shouldn't be inside handoffs out of shock in a short yard situation. If we run it and it's fucking, you know, five yards or so, I don't give a shit. As long as it's not third and short, right. I don't I don't care. Right. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, Aaron Jones, fine game. Well, not the best game from nine rushes, twenty six yards, two point nine yards per carry he had five receptions for 24 yards got a little banged up uh and again i've been saying it all year all for his whole career pretty what pretty much no one takes more awkward and painful looking hits than aaron jones yeah uh lafleur was asked about it post game about how he was holding up or that injury and lafleur said that they could have put him back in um talking with ben sermons the running back coach they were just trying to limit him to the two back sets in the fourth quarter so after the bye week he should be Good to go. Um, but yeah, again, I I'd, I'd like to see more of the jet sweep shit with him, getting those him a lot to go in opposite directions. Uh the only other thing I think to talk about with Aaron Jones for this week is the first iteration of the Pro Bowl voting kind of came out. He is right now the eighth running back. I don't know. I think the voting is different. I don't know if that's just NFC or NFL total. But I feel like if someone on this team should make the Pro Bowl, it's probably him. But if nothing else, he was nominated for the second year in, the, in a row for the Packers for the NFL Man of the Year. And I, I really sure. hope he gets that because, fuck, he – I mean, we're just fans. We're losers, all yep. that shit. But, God, he really does seem like the best fucking dude. Oh, yeah. He seems like he seems like a high-class guy. I mean, everybody – every time there's like a Monday night game or something like that, the announcers are always talking about how he's a yes, sir, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> But yeah, even outside of that, all, all anybody ever has to say about him is they're positive things. So yeah, he does seem like he really makes an impact too in the community, which is great. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with him next year. Obviously, still he's well. We've been saying all year that he's the best player on offense, and I don't know if that's true anymore. But either he's way, so dynamic. Back, yeah, I mean, he really can do a little bit of it. If he would have caught that ball last week from Jordan Love, I'd feel you know that's about the only hole in his game so far this year um patrick taylor he had one carry for six yards nice to see him explosive yeah i mean it you looks good you look kind of like aj Dillon almost ran right up the middle got the yards kind of like the one carry kylan hill had this year one carry for seven yards and i don't want to say i want to see more of them but you feel kind of bad being the it's almost like being the backup quarterback when brett Favre was around it's like being the third running back with aj Dillon and aaron jones you're not going to see a bunch of right playing time is how does that work too with him coming up and down from the practice squad all the time like i feel like he's been raised up and put what are the rules now with that yep he, he coming up and down yeah that it's funny you ask that because i actually tweeted uh ken ingles last week about it so i believe this year so when you're on the practice squad you can get pulled up to the 53-man roster three times so okay. um you can so that's what they did and then after that you're on the practice squad you can't get called up again However, after we cut Kylan Hill, we moved Patrick Taylor to the 53. So he was, you know, an actual NFL player at that point. That was for the Titans game. So he was on the 53 one game, (laughs) suited up one game. Then we cut him again. We cut him, goes through waivers. He's back on the practice squad. So now, and this is what I asked Ken, does that reset after your cut? And yes, it does. So now he can get called up two more times to the active roster while being on the practice squad. Is that a strategy that the front office would employ is that why yeah. they cut him yes i think it saves you a roster spot you know they keep fucking uh they have uh the defensive tackle from miami who's been on the roster all year who hasn't suited up once 
who is a draft pick, you know, he's on the fi- he's been on the 53 all year, hasn't suited up once. Patrick Taylor suited up like six times now and he's only been on uh the 53 for one of those games. So, we'll see. I think it's a little bit of a money saving. I'd like to I don't know okay. how to dive into that, but I think you save a little bit of cash by doing that as well. Uh moving sure. moving on to wide receiver, Christian Watson is good. I we've talked about a lot. The Jets he is sweep, good. The Jets sweep play was fucking stupid. He's super fast. Eight touchdowns in four games. <laughs> Every week we seem to see another record he ties or breaks with Randy Moss or other Hall of Famers, which is fucking crazy. He has more touchdowns this season than a bunch of guys, including Justin Jefferson, and he has just as many rushing touchdowns as Aaron Jones, which is pretty funny. Um, the other thing That's that I like to see out of his game this week, and I think maybe last week, was he took the braids out of his hair, and now he's got that afro going on. Oh, I like the afro look. It's a little, it's a little pretty bra- cool. Braids wasn't great. The afro looks pretty fucking cool, especially him. Okay. A nice tan suit. Uh, he might have had some chains, but the, the dark sunglasses and the afro was a very wide receiver Shh. one type look. So was it like was it like a seventies eighties look? Was it like a little bit, a little Startsky and Hutch? I would say. Okay. Yeah, he had okay. some of that sway going on. Uh, moving on, Alan Lazard. He had a fine game too. I guess I could say Christian Watson's stats. He did have just how many how many catches do you think he had in this game? Alizard? Uh sorry, Christian Watson. Oh, how many catches? Or receptions. Two. Three, yeah. Not much. Three? Just okay. just the three and the one run. And it's still Wait, it's like, was one of them the hand was it one of those did he I, I know the way he handed off. No, it was did, that that was a handoff. That was a handoff. It was okay. one yeah. <clears throat> one sorry, one rush for forty six yards for a forty six yard average which was pretty good. Because that's what like when you look at Aaron Jones stats too half the time, it's like, well, those receptions were actually really runs. Yes. Though, I, yeah, I think I've said it before, too. Like, when LaFleur came over, he was like, hey, if you you should buy into this offense because I'm going to give you a bunch of passing touchdowns where you're just, like, throwing it forward one yard to <laughs> Aaron Jones to pad those stats. Uh, but, yeah, Alan Lazard, he, had a, he was actually the leading receiver in this game, five receptions, 63 yards, just fine. I still, you know, don't love Alan Lazard. He had one ugly drop i feel like in the middle of the field was that a third down drop too yeah, i can't remember for sure but i do remember being very upset with him at one point so yeah. I, I will not in agree I, like, I do believe that did yeah. happen randall cobb not a great game four targets no receptions obviously had the one weird play in the end zone i think he might have had mm-hmm. another drop too and then sammy watkins no targets uh was the lead blocker on both the rushing touchdowns and he only had seven snaps which was, that's the one thing. Now, now, it's like if you're watching tape as an opposing team, if you see Sammy Watkins on the field, it's like, okay, they're going to run this direction. So yeah. they're probably. Well, it's like kind of the stuff. Lazard role from years past, too, where it's like, well, yes. are they going to throw it to him? Possibly, but they're going to run that way. That's the thing. Like if you see Big Dog and Watkins on one side. On the same side, yeah. yeah it's like, okay, <laughs> I think we know what's going on here. Uh, and Sa- Samari Ture, too, his first reception since the Lions game. So that was fine to see, too. The one reception, seven yards. Not much to talk about at tight end. Uh, Tunyon had the one catch for 10 yards. Big Dog got the two-point conversion, which was nice to see. He hasn't done a lot this year. Right. Uh, the offensive line, David Bakhtiari obviously had the emergency apodectamine on Friday. Apodectamine? Appendectomy. App, uh, yeah. God, that, Not a doctor. Not a doctor. I don't know. I googled it after and i think that's why like the first time like i wrote it in my notes and the yep. the red squiggle didn't even give me like any suggestion so that's how far off i was oh, trying to come up with yeah. that and appara- oh, that happens do you know how big your appendix is 
I thought it's like a little knob. That's yeah, like it's like this on your. It's like the size intestine? of your. It's the size of your finger. I would have thought oh, it, really? it was like okay. at least the size of a golf ball, but I guess it's actually just that small. So yeah, I guess it's like just this little tiny knob that yeah. hangs off of your. You're you're a little diddly there, yeah. So yep. <laughs> we'll see if he'll be back after the bye. Apparently, it does take a little bit longer to come back, and he is a bigger dude and pretty physical position. So we'll see. But Zach Tom, he's never out for injury, so <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Right? Yeah, that's that's the other great joke that I had. Where man, for a team this year that has been playing without guts, it really fits fits oh. the mold for the season. Yeah, you know, uh, unfair for us to bash him about an appendix injury, but. But here ACLs we are. took three years, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Zach Tom did start in his place at left tackle, played very well. I mean, overall, in this game, uh, no sacks given up by either team, and the Packers gave up zero QB hits. Uh, Rogers postgame said he, he said he did hit the ground once, but there wasn't a QB hit registered. But Zach Tom, oh. once again, really good, especially for a fucking rookie coming in and starting at left tackle on three days' notice. I think he only gave up the one pressure, but uh, saw this online too. He is the highest pass blocking efficiency for any of the rookie offensive linemen this year, which is pretty good. And, uh, and how many does he have a good, good amount of snaps? He played guard now and then, didn't he? I mean, yeah, I don't know how many snaps he has on the season, but he has three starts at left tackle now, and what okay. he, he played. One and a half games at guard, so I don't know. We'll okay. we'll see what he turns into because literally, it. I wouldn't be surprised if he, especially with what's going on with Elton Jenkins and him being in a contract year, I wouldn't be surprised if Elton or if Zach Tom started at either tackle, guard, or even center next year with the way Myers has been playing too. So, oh sure, yeah. Uh, with that, that is all I have for offense. We will have a quick commercial break. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, we are back with the defense. Defense, once again, not, I don't know. It just. It's never, we have to talk about the defense? Do you yeah. Just skip? I mean, it oh, was. Okay, we have to. There okay. was enough to talk about. I mean. Just blah. The, yeah, well, the number one guy to talk about for this, for this defense in this game, and it pretty much encapsulates this whole season, Jair Alexander. Still having a really weird year. Got burnt yeah. by EQ. Got burnt by Nikhil Harry, who was a first round pick for the. Patriots and they trade him away for pretty much nothing. Got burnt by both of those guys, but then obviously had kind of the game ceiling interception. Pick, yep. Yeah. He uh did <laughs> post game in the locker room. He called EQ a scrub. I don't know if you saw that. He was pretty upset that he got beat by a scrub, I, is what he said. And then I uh, saw that he then later well, are we sure he was talking about EQ? Maybe he was talking about uh Harry. Yeah, I, I I, wasn't there for his locker availability, but they did make it sound like he, he was talking about EQ, which is, I don't know, a little, I, I really do like he Jair. He texted him, though. Yeah, he you did. You saw that. He yep. texted him he after did. and said sorry. He texted EQ after, and EQ 
said like yeah he texted me apologized and you know it is what it is it, it didn't sound like eq was like oh everything's good i know he was joking yeah it was like, okay maybe i don't want to look like a complete fucking douchebag but right yeah. yeah i don't know it's i like him having that mentality as being a number one corner but in a season where you're five and eight and you got burnt twice by scrubs uh i can say because i'm a stupid fan not not very good to see some of those sellies, but uh, did, you, did you see what he uh, the other thing he said post game too with uh, in the locker room or at mm-hmm. halftime? No, Ryan Wood tweeted this out. Uh, Jair Alexander on early struggles today versus Bears. Quote: I don't know what was going on. I was too zen out for a minute. They came in oh. here. <laughs> they came in here to to the locker room at halftime. They yelled at me. They said it was your fault. You gave up that long pass. I said, all right, cool. <laughs> so. <laughs> a very I mean, a, a very Jair quote. Yeah, I guess I don't he was too zen out was his that was why like what does that mean? I don't uh, like I don't know. Can't take the deep ball well, when you're zened out. It's kinda like what Rezul Douglas said a couple of weeks ago, I think going into the Titans game where he's like, Yeah, if we lose you can pretty much start making plans for the off season. I think maybe that yeah. type of zen out, but I don't know. At least at least he was out of the zen when he made the pick, but either way, sure. not not the best. Uh, Rizul Douglas had the forced fumble. That was pretty cool. That was pretty close, too. One of those where I'm glad they called it a fumble on the field. It was one of those if they didn't, I'm not sure it would have stood, but a little inconclusive. Yeah. Finally it getting was, yeah, that call Yeah, it was inconclusive away. for sure. <laughs> um, and then keeping with the secondary, too, we're talking about guys kind of giving up, the two guys that clearly haven't. Keisha Nixon and Rudy Ford, which is weird. You know, the two guys who have the least amount of coaching with this staff seem to be playing the hardest and the best at this point. Keyshawn obviously had the missed tackle on the long run, but uh, Keyshawn also had the pick at the very end to seal the game. And Rudy Ford, fun fact, he is officially the highest rated safety, according to Pro Football Focus. Really? Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see i always talk about the off season and next year way too much on these podcasts but it'll be interesting to see what we do with the secondary this off season especially if we can hire a uh, defensive coordinator with any ounce of creativity we really haven't in ever it seems like joe barry doesn't know what the fuck he's doing mike petton has like cookie cutter roles and tries to get guys to fit yep. those roles and Dom Capers, I mean, we know how well he was able to adjust to, you know, Colin Kaepernick at times. So and would, we had the NASCAR package. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, that was a pretty cool package. What was that, like five linebackers or something? I, God, I think it was even more than that. It was like it was like one down lineman and the rest were <laughs> linebackers. Yeah, it was something stupid like that. But yeah, I'd like to see us get a creative defensive coordinator. And maybe, I don't know, it gets me a little excited to think of having like Jair and Stokes as the outside corners, Nixon and Savage as the dime slash uh, or the slot slash dime safety, and then move Razul to safety and maybe re-sign Rudy Ford. Rudy and Nixon will have their contracts up after this year, but I don't think they're going to cost too much. But right. either way, I don't know. They give us a little bit of hope in a season that hasn't had too much of it. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's great to see those guys performing well and on contracts that are pretty small because a lot of our contracts are pretty busted here. So yeah, it'd be nice if we can lock those guys up for at least another year or two while we yeah. have to develop or whatnot. Right, right. Whatever ends up happening this off season. It's weird. Cause you know, we're saying that now, but at the same time, you know, the two guys where we said the exact same thing about last year was Devondre Campbell and Razul Douglas who have had 
you know, I mean, Razul hasn't been terrible. Right. He's been up and down. Devondre hasn't been great, but whatever. I, I'd rather have them than not, but we'll see if they bounce back next year with some new blood right. for in the coaching staff. Um, inside linebacker, again, we are just hinting at it there. Devondre didn't have a great game. It looked pretty slow, but he did lead the team in tackles. Quay also didn't have a great game. We talked about it. He got beat on the Justin Fields long run, but later he did chase down Fields on the sideline, which was nice to see finally. They didn't yeah. they didn't exactly spy, but they had when they had Devondre and Quay out on the field, they each had like a zone either left or right. So that did slow Justin Fields in the second half at least, which was nice to see. And Is it confirmed that they even <clears throat> did we do a spy? I mean, cuz with between against Jalen Hurts and then now against Fields, it's like, I don't, I mean, Fields could have ran, I feel like, way more than he did. Yes, there was, some people were wondering if the Bears coaching staff told him, hey, don't run the rest of the game, like, we want to see you pass. I mean, they're, you know, they're kind of tanking right now anyways. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, I did read that we were in zone on 100% of plays on Sunday, too. So I think that was just kind of the way we were trying to slow him down. Um, sure. The other... Not huge thing, but Chris Barnes was a healthy and active in this game after starting last week when Devondre was down, which is kind of weird. I think this is the first time he's been a healthy scratch since his, probably since he started with the team, like his rookie year, because even as an undrafted guy, he was getting a lot of snaps. But uh, it was, I mean, this is dumb. This is, again, me, you know, Disney fan brain. When Quay had that stop of Justin Fields on the sideline, you see Chris Barnes in the background in his you know, winter jacket and shit jumping up in the air, all excited. So still a team guy. Nice to see, but we'll see if we ship. He's best friends with Jordan Love, so we'll see if we ship both of those guys or they're not playing for different teams next year. Good to see not everybody was zenned out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, outside linebacker, nothing major really to talk about. J.J., you know, there again, there were no sacks. The only major thing that I saw was J.J. Nagbare now leads all rookie defenders with a pass rush win rate of 16%. So wow. pretty pretty fucking good for a fifth round draft pick who yeah. should be the third rotational guy next year as long as Preston's back on the team. Wild. Kenny Clark had one tackle for loss, seemed to have a solid bounce back game. And like <laughs> you know, Todd, you've been watch you've been listening to the podcast the last few years. The December came out of yes. hibernation, of course, the first December game for yes. Kenny this year and bounce back so hopefully we'll see more production from him he too. got a lot of rest in november a lot of sleep. <laughs> he was hibernating that's exactly what it was always that, back that's what see i don't know why he didn't say that in earlier podcasts because that's clearly what was going on uh and it, then at the same time i mean i've been fucking harping on it all year there's a lot of things to be upset with joe barry about but once again a super basic fucking thing that you would think wouldn't just help the team this year but next year perpetually we have a terrible run defense one of the big things you look at would be the defensive line here's the snap counts for the defensive line on sunday kenny clark 39 jaron reed 36 dean lowry 26 tj slayton nine and uh wyatt had nine as well it's like we and uh pro football Wyatt. yes he was the top graded uh defender for the packers According to Pro Football Focus, and Slayton was the fourth highest. Obviously, that isn't that isn't everything, but they're I wonder both how much, young guys. if if any, if if coaches even care. But I mean, stats are a lot more important now to coaches. I feel like any chance that they look at that and go, okay, like I mean, they're doing their own grading, right? Like they're right. coaches, they do their own grading, they watch all the film anyway, right? But like, 
they hopefully they see it the same way and like let's give them a couple more snaps i mean it's not gonna right. hurt anything but, but we've been saying this like all fucking year like the last few weeks we've been saying it and i don't know if it's as much a joe barry thing or a montgomery thing jerry montgomery the uh defensive line coach i believe it's jerry because usually the positional right. coaches have say over who's who's out there. I know Ben Sturman's is kind of the guy who decides what running backs is, are out there, you know, the running back coach. So either way, I just don't – there's no fucking upside with Dean Lowry. There never has been. Once, Dean Lowry made his biggest play of the year on Sunday, and it was on special teams when he blocked that kick, you know. Special teamer, big time. Yeah, I just – hopefully we'll see something, but whatever. Again, special teams, not too much to talk about. Dean had the nice block kick, which, uh, I don't know, was pretty big at the time, but at the end of the day, it wasn't a huge deal. Keyshawn Nixon, still just a fucking madman. He's saw, awesome. Yeah, you probably saw the quotes after the game, which was Keyshawn's worst return game uh, as far as a kick returner goes because he ran a couple out from, like, seven yards deep. Yeah. And there was, <laughs> I mean, I think there was, like, there was probably at least three times he got stopped short of the 25, but I'm with Rogers where I'm fine with him running it out. Most of the time there was one where he ran yeah. it out when he was like seven, eight yards deep on that one. It's like, yeah, okay, sit that. on it. And it's one of those things too, where it's like his decision-making is suspect. We've kind of always known that we, his, his best punt return on the year against the Titans. He picked up the ball when I was on the ground, even, um, Rich Basaccia has said his decision-making is the problem. And even at the end of the game, his decision-making, he got that pick, you know, to seal the game. Yeah. <laughs> One, it was his first pick of his career. Okay. Yep. Two, it's the pick to seal the game for the Green Bay Packers having the most wins in the NFL. You know what he yep. did? He got the ball. He threw it in the stands. That ball oh, was... <laughs> I did see that at the post game. He was like, yeah, I'd like to get that ball back. <laughs> yeah. And it was like all Bears fans, too, for that game with how bad the he's Packers were. So never getting that ball back. I wonder what they'd pay up for it. But again, just shows you how suspect Ugh. his decision making is. And Well, as long as he doesn't make the decision to have the ball bounce off his face mask, I mean, we'll be okay. <laughs> Literally. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, the first punt return he had this season, I think, is was the one where he put his hands over his head to field it and he was still better than amari so he caught it i don't know which is like it was like a 50 50 drop rate for amari <laughs> i mean i'm literally i think yeah. that's pretty accurate yeah it's i don't know we'll see it's funny too because even for how well he's done returning the coaching staff still doesn't believe in him enough Cobb had the one that one punt return yeah anything where it's like that side of the field or where it's a decision by the end zone it seems like we're gonna have Cobb out there but anywhere else it's Keyshawn Nixon it's like can we just... I just don't really I don't love having Cobb back there no, returning he, punts he muffed I mean, one last year too when uh I just and he's old I don't know yeah he's old it's like <laughs> let's get some young blood back there yeah I don't know it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the best use of Cobb I guess I don't yeah know. I don't know you got nothing really to lose with Keyshawn and he's explosive so yeah, well, with that, that's all we have for the game. So we will, uh, ooh, yes, we will come back with take news. Football time. Take news. All right, take news for the week. Obviously, with everything going shitty this year, there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, obviously playing a little bit uh, against the Eagles. Well, of course, Aaron Rodgers being who he is, he likes it when everyone talks about him. So post-game. No. <laughs> post-game, of course. Towards the end, you know, everything's going well. He had to bring up uh, 
you know, they're talking about his future and coming back to Chicago and all of that. And he's like, well, it's got to be a mutual decision or whatever. And alluded to them, you know, it's up to them if they want to bring him back. So, of course, everyone's talking about that. So, first, of course, like like I've been doing pretty much every week this this year, uh, Goody talked to the media this week. And, of course, it, it's funny, too, because it's like, oh, cool, Goody's actually going to talk to the media. Apparently, there's a new rule this year that every GM has to talk at least once during oh. the season. So, that's why he did it. But here's a clip of Jason Wildey. I believe it's Jason Wildey asking the question about uh, Aaron Rodgers and the future going forward with him. Brian, have you expressed to Rodgers that if he wants to play that you want him back? I'm just trying to figure out why he would have said what he said yesterday. Yeah, that's probably a better question for him. But, no, we, I mean, we, talk, we haven't really talked about those things. That's, we don't talk about those things during the season very often. We just talk more about our team when we, when we, when we, when we speak. Um, certainly that'll be something we get to when we get that. But I mean, again, we went through something in the off season where it was a very big commitment on our part. You know, it wasn't certainly for one year. So, um, you know, but no, we don't, we really haven't any conversations about that, that stuff during the season. So there was a couple inter- interesting quotes. There wasn't a ton that came out of this presser, but we saw a couple of the clips. Uh, I did bring this up. I posted on Twitter because it was, the, it was that clip right there. He had said very similar things. But the biggest sticking point with me was, you know, what we did this offseason wasn't for one year. Now, obviously, that that could be bullshit. I still remember a week before the draft of uh, when the whole Rodgers thing blew up. Wildey asked Goody, who was like, hey, what's uh, the relationship like with you and Rodgers? Because Wildey knew shit was up. And Goody was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. So clearly there's, you know, some media BS going on there. But... Either yeah. way, there's been a lot of talk this year about Rogers' contract and what are we going to do with him this offseason? Are we going to cut him? Are we going to trade him? Are we going to you know move on? What What's going to happen with his contract and Jordan Love and all that? It seemed pretty open. And now after hearing from LaFleur and Rogers kind of saying he'd want to come back as long as they want him and now Goody saying that, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is going to, as long as he doesn't retire, be a Green Bay Packer next year. So yeah, that's one part I of it. Yep. That's where the money is too, right? Like if you look at his contract, isn't it if you trade him, we still have the huge cap hit. If you cut him, we have the cap hit. If he retires, we have the cap hit. Yeah. Because it's guaranteed money. We've already paid him the money. Cap hit doesn't go with him. It doesn't go anywhere. Like we, it's all signs point to him being here. If you look at the contract. I mean, yes, yes. It's, you know, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's like 46 or 50 million if if he ends up retiring. Sure. And in uh, either way, the other, because that was the whole thing. Rodgers pretty much wrote this contract. The other difficult part about it is even if he wanted to trade Aaron Rodgers, it would have to be one of those post-June 1st type deals. So okay. we couldn't even, we couldn't benefit from this next year's draft by trading Aaron Rodgers. So it would be a future oh, future sure. draft pick shit. So not very good unless you wanted to just, you know, trade him for players. That's unlikely. However, everyone's talked about that. The more interesting thing that I thought came out this week about the whole quarterback situation was something Jason Wildey said. So I'm a loser. Sometimes I listen to uh, ESPN Milwaukee and I'll see, you know, if Wildey's talking because I think him and Tom Silverstein are the two most you know, in guys as far as the Green Bay media goes. They, sure. They don't just make up bullshit like Peter Bukowski and guys like that. 
Not like Bukowski's really he would good mother. Never. I hate him. Yes, yes, I fucking. Anyways, love Wildy. He jumped on with Homer and Tony, another ESPN show, talking about he had a long conversation with Jordan Love on Friday or late last week before the game. And with COVID and stuff, Jason hadn't really talked to Jordan Love before. He said he had like a 25-minute conversation with him. I don't remember everything that's in this clip, but this was huge. And if Jason wanted to make this a bigger deal, it's more his opinion, but I will will play this clip right here. I had a really great conversation with Jordan uh, on Friday afternoon, and I really was impressed with him. Um, it was a re- I think he I think he very clearly uh, does not even though he wouldn't flat out say it, he does not want to sit for another year. So if we get to year four and Rogers does come back, I am fairly confident that he will seek a trade. So I thought that was huge. We've been so focused on Aaron Rodgers and when would we decide to go to Jordan Love? And it's like, we're not really thinking about what Jordan Love thinks. And this is kind of what we would have ran into if, you know, if Brett Favre wasn't so bad his last year with the Packers, or at least in that NFC championship game, or if, you know, Rodgers didn't show up as much as he did, but Jason's essentially saying, and I don't, you know, he hasn't made any big deal about this. He could have tweeted about this or put together some big report where he thinks Jordan Love's going to ask for a trade, but hasn't. So it really sounds like this off season, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, perfect world. Aaron Rodgers comes back. We pick up that fifth-year option for Jordan Love. Maybe Rodgers retires, and then we give it to Jordan Love. Well, it sounds like Jordan Love doesn't want to sit for four years, and he would probably demand a trade this offseason, which would be a little surprising, something that a lot of people haven't talked about. But, Todd, what do you think about the prospect of that for our offseason? It's interesting. I have a question just on how the fifth-year option works, too. Can he, is it like a, is it like a tender where he can like deny it and like not sign it? Or like, is that something the team has full control since he's a first round pick? I don't believe he has any say in that. The, there's different ways to go about it because the Packers could pick it up. I forget when they have to pick it up by, but if they, if they were to trade him before the draft, I believe, Man, I'm trying to think of when it was with Darnell Savage and Gary last year. Either way, if we trade him away, then that team could decide to pick up his fifth-year option as well. So, Oh, so if we trade him, another team could could then pick up the option. Yes, and, we could, be, and either okay. way, we could pick it up because that, that cap hit wouldn't happen because it, w- it isn't for next year. It would be for 2024. So even okay. if it really doesn't hurt the Packers to pick up that option for whatever the $20 million it would be in 2024. So so with that, I... I I guess it's interesting. I mean, I understand where he's coming from too. Like, I'm sure he feels like he's ready to play. He's ready to go. I mean, he, had, he threw some nice balls in, at yeah. Philly. I best, mean, best he he's played luck. well. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like for him, uh, I don't blame him at all. Want to do that? I don't really see Rogers going anywhere. Uh, Rogers doesn't. He wants to keep playing. And mm-hmm. Like we talked about the contract. I mean, that's staying where it is. But really, the Packers either you know pick up the fifth year option, make him sit another year, and then okay. Maybe in 2024, Rodgers is gone. And I don't, maybe the money looks better then, or maybe Rodgers is more just done at that point. Who knows? But you got Romeo Dubs, you got Christian Watson, are two really bright looking yes. young wide receivers. And Rodgers has said that too. He's like, I, 
that might be the turning point. If these two young wide, I think he said it specifically. If these that's, two young wide receivers, that's what the, the Watson. Someone asked him about Watson. If that helps, if that would help him to stick around, and right. that's how he got into that quote that we opened up with. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's. I don't really see Rogers wanting to go anywhere, and the money is it's going to hurt us if. I mean, regardless if Rogers is there or not, we're paying him. Right. So it's really just whether or not. I mean, they could make him. They could basically hold on to Jordan Love. They don't have to trade him, right? You can but, hold on to him. And but then... that's the that's what's funny is like, what if? And everyone's like, ah, we love Jordan Love, and I like Jordan Love. It's like, ah, he's a great kid. You know, he's yeah. tough situation, but he's making the best of it. Yeah. It would be pretty funny if he turns into some type of almost villain this year, where all of a sudden, you know, we see on the ticker, Jordan Love demands trade from the Green Bay Packers, and it's like, oh fuck. And what if what if he holds out? He very well could hold out sure. and demand a trade. So it's funny how, and this will probably age poorly, but we're so looking. We're expecting a offseason of drama for will he, won't we, with Rodgers retiring. We know he's going to milk that. But the real drama might come from Jordan Love's side of, right. of the quarterback room. So, Yeah, I guess I would – Let's where, where the season goes, you know, let's say we lose against, I don't know, the Rams, right? So then the season is all – I mean, it's, it's over then, right? I mean, if we lose to the Rams, it's pretty much <sighs> – Pretty Maybe much mathematically. I mean, I I feel like we're gonna beat the Rams. They're so fucking Stafford said, Aaron Donald said, but yes, but yes. Either way, what do we got? Three games after that. So yeah, we got yeah. Miami uh, Vikings Lions. Vikings Lions. So if Jordan Love, let's say hypothetically, plays for those three games, we really get to see what he is. You know, because I think yeah. a three game at the end of the season. You know, the Vikings. Even and, two. And Dolphins are good teams, right? So, yeah. and, the, and the Lions have been playing well, too. So, like, it'd be interesting to see where things go. And then I think you really have, if he plays really well, now you've really got controversy. Or you just say, well, have Rodgers. The money's, right. this is where our money's at. We can get something for love. Let's trade him yes. and draft another quarterback. I don't know. Right. It, it'll be interesting to see how this season finishes off because – once again, how we've kind of been thinking, at least myself, before this week is this is the showcase for Jordan Love. Are we going to go to him in the future? But now it's more like, I wonder if Goody, the next conversation he has with Rodgers is like, hey, dude, no, we got, dude, I know you want to play, but if we can have him go out against that shitty Vikings defense and that shitty Lions defense and look really good in our offense that he's been studying up in the last three years and then, uh, <laughs> and then we can trade him for like a first round pick or something. I mean, he probably wouldn't fetch that, but hypothetically, that's good. I mean, fuck. Right. It's not bad to have multiple quarterbacks that are good on your team. I mean, True. If, that, if you have that going for you, and then we can leverage love into some more picks or if we could layer, if we could leverage him for some picks, and then maybe in that 2024 draft, take the quarterback of the future. This 2023 draft doesn't sound like there's anyone. Right. Fantastic. Maybe the guy from Alabama, I think he might be up for it, but everyone else is kind of eh. But either way, gives us options. It's just there's been a lot of talk about the quarterbacks for this offseason, but we haven't heard too much of that. But uh, we'll just have to wait wait and see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting. Yep. And with that, Todd, I'm sure you're going to love this. We'll have to see how you do. Is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right, is Kyle an idiot for the week? Todd, you have never answered any of these questions, so you're zero for zero. How, oh, zero, yep, even. How, how have you done in the past listening to them? I guess Kyle's were probably more difficult than uh, 
what Andrew has had, but yeah, I would say I did better on Andrews, and I would say I was probably more even with Kyle on hits. You okay. know, some of the some of the later, you know, you go back in time a little bit. It's not going to be there for me. So okay. more more recent ones, I got a better shot at. Very fair, very fair. Well, let's kick things off, Todd. There's been a lot of talk with how bad the Packers have been this year. A lot of dumb fans, you know, you and I, we've talked about this, yep. were, want us to tank. They're only looking forward to the draft, those dumb dumbs. Well, I guess I'll do that for a second here. Todd, who was the last non-QB offensive player to be drafted in the first round by the Green Bay Packers? The most recent one? Yep. Not a quarterback. An offensive player. Um, I'm feeling like it's a tackle. Who's to say? Who's to say? You uh, you could say. Um, um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say Brian Balaga. Ooh, very close. I believe that's one year off. It is Derek really? Sherrod. Yes. I was. I was thinking about Derek Sherrod too, but I was like, I thought Balaga was after Sherrod. It, it is recently. It is tough. Derek Sherrod drafted in 2010 after the Packers won the Super Bowl. And or sorry, Brian Balaga, twenty ten after we won the Super Bowl. Derek Sherrod, twenty eleven, okay. and yes, he Ugh. really shitty career for him. Unfortunately, um, do you remember? So that training camp, his rookie year, you know, he should have been a tackle, but for whatever reason, we were trying him out at guard. Do you know who he competed against at guard and who beat him out? Did he compete against T.J. Lang? Yep, T.J. Lang beat him okay. out. They were both going at guard, and at least we found a competent guard at that spot there. But T.J. Uh, is awesome. Yeah, very, very good. And then Derek Sherrod broke his leg, and unfortunately. Oh, that's right. He's a big dude, that. too, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think Mississippi State, yeah, he's a pretty big Don't dude. Try. And I think he had multiple surgeries after he broke his leg the first time. So kind Oof. of a bummer. Yeah, that's too go. bad. Yeah, bringing the vibes up. Well, here. style points for knowing it was a tackle. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, God, I think before that, before Balaga, is it, uh, I think it's Javon Walker. And then Oof. maybe Bub- Bubba Frank, well, Aaron Rodgers, Bubba Franks, whatever. We don't have to go down that sure that road there. All right, uh, 0 for two, very good, Andrew. I mean Todd. Ooh, uh oh, get it because he's because he's bad. Yeah, wait, but 0 and two, no, 0 for one. 0 for one. Sorry, this is the second yeah. one. Second one, Todd. What two QBs played against Rodgers in his first start against the Bears in 2008? Two quarterbacks. 2008. I'll give you a clue. Don't overthink it. Okay, so it's his first. So 2008, Jay Cutler is one of them. Uh, I will tell you. Am you're I getting al- confirmation? I, I, on, will, on I will tell you, you're already wrong. But uh, we'll let you. We'll let you rebuttal. This won't count. But who are who are the other two that you would have to think here? I think 2008, maybe 2005. The Bears were, I mean, in, this, were in the Super Bowl. This, Well, who did the who did the Bears trade for? Was it Jake Plummer? No, Jake Plummer was in Denver. I don't think they ever traded for him. These are two. It was not a trade. I I'm telling this you, is not going I'm, well. I'm telling you, you're thinking too hard. Really? Okay. The two next quarterbacks that should come to mind for that era. i I'm I'm blanking here. Uh, all right. Um. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Why don't you tell me? I don't know. I'm sure I'm gonna feel dumb. Sexy Rexy, Rex Grossman, and Kyle Orton. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I think Rex Grossman bad. got banged up, but yeah. I mean, it's a it, that's a while ago. It was still what almost fifteen years ago at this point. So, 
what was the didn't Rex Grossman play two and that was a three quarterback cycle when we played them in the NFC championship game in was that like no it, it wasn't Rex that was Jay Cutler Chad who Henney. Was a, and then who was the third quarterback that came in and almost I, I Chad Henney's the one who almost did it but it was McCown okay. it was one of the McCowns oh, I don't know if it was Josh or so it would have been Luke McCown. McCown was in came in second for like a series and then got hurt and he got hurt yeah. and then it was henny yeah. and then he got okay. picked off picked off by bj raji oh true yeah okay <laughs> all right oh for two Ooh. Oh for two this is good good start uh, all right <laughs> hot start uh, last one here todd who did al harris play for after getting cut by the green bay packers there are two teams but there should be one that comes to mind think, Th- think of uh think of a long touchdown jordy nelson scored Against Al Harris? Yep, at Lambeau Field for this other team. God, maybe you don't remember. Okay, maybe I'm thinking you're smarter than you are. Yeah, not, I'm definitely an idiot. Yeah. Um, two teams he played for? Yep. Let's say the oh. Raiders. Ooh. It, it is an R word, not, uh, not, the, not the slur R word. It is the Rams. Rams was the number oh, one. That was I, the... Jordy kind of ended Al Harris's career on like an 80 yard touchdown where he just ran right by him and Al like fell over. Yeah. Then he also played for the Miami dolphins. So I'm most disappointed about the first question. I should have, I should (laughs) have got that one right. The second one is still a little disappointed, but the third one, I would not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, sometimes things that I remember are blind spots for other people. So very, very understandable, but yeah, 2008 was like a long time ago. Yeah, no, it's a very good, it's a very good point. Yeah. It's more than like five years ago, at least. So well, 10. Yeah. Okay. With that, uh, we don't really have too much else to talk about. Do I get to ask you a question now? Do you have one? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. The stump spenny. All right. Hit me with it. Okay. So the Indian packing company, which had funded Lambo's venture. Uh So when he was, you know, Coming up with the Packers, right? Yep. Um, they were offered sponsorship rights, but who came up with the idea of naming the team the Green Bay Packers? But who who actually is like credited with naming the team? Because it wasn't Curly. It wasn't Curly. It wasn't Curly. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. So what is? Are, will you give me a hint? Like, is it a player or? Uh, it was not a player. Not a player. And you don't have to get this person's name, yeah, specifically. But God, I don't know. I mean, I just like a shot in the dark. I dark. I would say like the mayor of Green Bay or something. But what was it? It was Curly Lambo's girlfriend. Oh, really? Agnes <laughs> Aylward. Oh, what a beautiful name! When's the last time Agnes yes. was born? It's probably been a while. She was might have been the last one. God, that's funny. It, it is unreal when you look at like the history of these little things that like shaped the history of the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Like literally, his his girlfriend. Wow, how creative too. Like, well, why don't you just shorten it to the Packers? Well, so there's a quote is in here. There's part of it is, <laughs> well, for heaven's sake, Curly, why don't you just call them the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> oh, Apparently. what was it, Agnes? Oh, Agnes. Oh, Agnes. Why don't you just name them the Packers? <laughs> I well, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty good shit. Well, God, Ignis, I don't even want to go back. Do you do you remember way back in the day one of the the uh, bi week bonanza episodes? The first starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, what his first name was? 
no idea. Adolf. Oh, wow. Not, a, <laughs> not, not, an up a, not very good. I guess timely was, for Kanye being a terrible person, yeah. When was the first, when was when was he around, though? I believe that was before 1920. So that was like the 1919 Packers. He was like the first quarterback to start for the team. And I don't even think he finished the game at quarterback. Yeah. So, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Stump spending question. Always fun to jump back in the history of the Green Bay Packers. I like how you're like, don't yeah. ask me history questions and you literally couldn't have got gone further back in Packers history <laughs> for mine. The, the name of the Packers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, with that, the last thing to talk about before going into the bye week is the playoffs. Just figured we'd touch on this lightly. Playoffs? Uh, Sunday actually hurt us. That, that tie with the commies and the Giants, I believe, going you know, Wasn't in... that the only way that we could have... That only way that that game could have hurt us was if they ended in a tie and... Yeah. Ended a tie. Pretty much, because, you know, we really wanted one team to lose and then to continue to root for that team to lose going forward. Obviously, that didn't happen. Oh, sure. So I think going into the uh, Bears game last week, we had a 46% chance if we went out. We now have like a 38% chance if we went out. So not looking good. We basically just need a route against the Seahawks, Giants, and Commies going forward. Um, We overall have a 4% chance, I think, to make the playoffs. So we just, we got a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of things need to go go well for us but god it's like i've said to you in the past it's like fuck if we just literally if we just didn't have amari returned punts we probably would have had if we yep. had just one more win this season we'd be right. we'd have some hope now so just to send us into the bye week i guess those are the teams that we should be rooting against but uh what, what yeah, do you, so you said it was who the giants the giants commies and seahawks for the okay. most part and i guess those. the lions too but we we play them so as long as we, we beat them, them yeah. we'll we should be a little well, bit better, but yeah. And basically, if we lose out, if we not lose out, if we lose a game, it's it's yes. pretty much done. That's the thing. I, I don't want to say best case scenario, but I wouldn't be upset if we beat the Rams, lose to Miami in in Miami. Rogers benches himself, gets benched or whatever, and then we see Jordan Love for the last two games. I'd be you, fine with that. You think he'll bench himself? You think he'd, he'd be? I mean. There'd be a conversation, obviously, between him and the floor, but, like, you think he'd be a little sour about it if they were mathematically still, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Once we're mathematically out, I think we'll be good. I think, you know, once we, if we lose against Miami, I think it's pretty much over. So, yep. and like you said a week or two ago, he knows it's a business. And like I said, you know, during take news or whatever, Goody can get in his ear and be like, hey, dude, if if we can, the more we see of love or other teams can see of love, the better chance yep. we'll have of, you know, getting something good for you going forward. So maybe he has a Matt Flynn game against the Lions in week 18. Ooh, there you go. Maybe. Wow. See, huh? that's that's good. I like that. You might be the first person. Well, someone else has probably said it, but that's a good take to get get out there ahead of time. Yeah, maybe he has a big game against the Lions and off you go to Seattle. There yep. Go. There we go. And Get then and then we can watch the playoffs and hopefully watch the Vikings lose in the first round because they're an overrated fucking shit big team. If if we can beat how great would it be if Jordan Love fuck it would be cool if the Vikings are still playing for something. Beat the Vikings? If, if Jordan Love beat the Vikings? If Jordan Love beats oh. the Vikings, fucks up their playoff spot a little bit, and then the next year we even ship Love away. And it's like, God, you guys fucking lost to Jordan Love who's starting for the Texans. Wow, you guys really fucking suck. 
I want him to do great, but like, how funny would it be if it was like a similar situation to like the Matt Flynn situation where he has a huge game, we ship him off, you know, trade him away or whatever? Do we do we trade Flynn away or did he? Did we get anything for him? No, or did I, he just walk. He just walked. There was that talk. was for himself. He yeah, just got, there, he got was, big contract. there was talk about franchise taking him and then um, trading him away, but no, he did just sure. walk and sign with the Seahawks. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It's I don't know. It'll be weird if or when Jordan Love plays for another team because it's like I want him to do okay and that is it. I don't want him to be <laughs> like oh yeah. fuck, why didn't we just keep him around? If he if we keep him, I want him to be amazing. If he walks or trade or whatever ends up happening, then it's like, yeah. Yeah. I hope he makes some money. Yeah. There we go. Hot take of the year. Be great for us or okay elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Be good enough. Yeah. But uh with that that's all we have for this week's episode. If you want, you could resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, tell some friends about the stupid podcast. You want a koozie? Steal someone's phone and subscribe on their phone. There you go. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Grab your wife's phone. Do it that <clears throat> way. Leave a five star rating. And if you want, just DM us on Twitter. Fuck, I keep forgetting to send the goddamn koozies out. DM us on Twitter. Give us your address and we can send you a free koozie with the podcast logo on it or email us at pmppodcast at gmail.com. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I have. Todd, you got anything? How about to the jersey? Say? How about the jersey? Is the jersey jersey's up? No, we gave that away. Well, fuck, it's still behind me. I still need to send it to the guy who won like a month ago. Okay. Hopefully, he can get it for Christmas. But yeah, we there is a winner for the big dog jersey. So I don't know. Maybe congrats. we'll have some other. Yeah, c- congrats, grad. Um, <laughs> but with that, I don't have anything else. Todd, do you have anything else? I do not. Great. Well, with that, Eric Hoskinen, please. Don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah, cause it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. Then they took my money away. Yeah, well now I don't care. Cause they ain't working like me down here.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.